The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. We've been talking about what brings down God's glory in the church. I mean, you want to see God, right? You want to be like, woo! What just happened right there? You want to see just everything just go, whoa, that was, that was crazy. I mean, God just did something. And, and even inside of you, you want your heart to like something to change supernaturally. And that's going to come when the manifest presence of God comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, when Jesus Christ dwells in your heart richly, okay? When God Almighty shows up in the room. And you want to know what I read this morning from a good book on prayer? Anybody want to know? You're like, no, no, I don't want to know. Just keep going, all right? A transforming prayer by uh, a guy's name is Daniel Henderson. Is really, uh, I just started in, right? One, I just, I just, this is just this great, right, book. And uh, I just think this phrase just changed my life. The only thing that motivates God is his own glory. You're like, how egotistical of God? No, he's God. And the only thing that should motivate him is his glory, not yours, right? And so the thing that motivates God is his glory. Do you think God's pretty motivated in our church right now? We're spending four weeks on his glory and what brings that down in the church so we can be a vertical church, not a horizontal church. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a horizontal thing. Everybody wants a vertical thing with God. Everybody wants to look up and go, bam, there it is. He's here. He really is among us. And I hope that you felt that in church and I hope that you'll continue to feel it. So what are the things that bring down the glory? A little pop quiz in church? Go ahead. Unafraid witness. That was last week. And then? Unapologetic preaching. I get to do that every week. Going to preach to you again from the word. Unapologetically, it is what it is. It says what it says. I want to do it with love and boldness. And sometimes you have an opportunity to do that as well. And when you do, we want you to take it, right? That's why I said we, we, okay? We preach the word of God, right? We preach the authority of God's word without apology. We preach the truth of God's word with urgency. urgency. All right, then what else? Unashamed worship. I am not ashamed to say that Jesus Christ is God. I am not afraid to say that I love him so much. I am not afraid to kneel or stand or raise my hands or say out loud whatever God brings to mind. Because he is worthy, right? Unashamed worship. Now, today, unceasing prayer. Oh, that's a hard one. Like, I have dreaded preaching on this this week. Ask my wife. My wife asked me last night when we were in bed. She's like, are you okay? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, are you mad? Are you upset? Are you... I'm like, no, I'm just like struggling with this. Unceasing prayer. What does it mean? That I would uncease. Does that mean I walk around on my knees? I'm like, unceasing prayer, right? That's it? No, no. Unceasing. What does that mean? What's unceasing mean? Come on. Don't stop. Without end. Never going to stop, right? And that involves the Holy Spirit right? The Holy Spirit's control in our life. We never want to cut that off. We always want to live in that, right? And then prayer. What's prayer? 
talking to God. Just have a real conversation in our vision. It just says, have a real conversation with God every single day. You should pick one of these up. If you've never seen this, this is our 10 year vision. And uh, I'd love to discuss it with you, the heart behind it. Cause I gave it to our church in January. I kind of spent like 30 minutes talking about it. This is just paper. So you might take it one way or the other. I would love to have the opportunity to talk to you about it. So why don't you pick it up? Why don't you read it this week? And then why don't you come have a conversation with me about this? Okay. But one of the things, okay. All right. Oh, cool. All right. So I'm really in a hurry. So I'm not, not even let you answer my own questions. Have a real conversation with God every single day. How's that going church? Is it going good? Have a real conversation with God every day. What do you mean by real? I mean, fervent. I mean, intense. I mean, passionate. I mean, it's real as I'm speaking. Not just like, oh, I need to do well on this test. Shoot a little prayer out, okay? Oh, I don't have enough money for that. Shoot a little prayer out. Like, no, 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 no. This is like, God, (laughs) if you don't show up, it ain't gonna happen, right? This is is like one of those like, God, I don't know what's going on in my life, uh, the life of my child, but I need you right now to help me understand how you're glorifying yourself. I don't understand, God, why we can't have kids right now. It doesn't make a lot of, how are you being glorified with this, God? How is this bringing you glory? Wouldn't it bring you more glory if we could have kids right now? And then trying to understand why God is doing what he's doing and how he's bringing glory to himself in that moment. Why do I, why am I sick again? Why do I have cancer even worse? And how is this bringing you glory, God? Think about it. These are some real conversations with the Lord. I've been really convicted this week about the fact that I pray, but I don't really pray. You know what I mean? So I pray as in like I mutter a few things. I think about thoughts. I'm thinking about God, prayer, um, you know, attitude of prayer with God. I'm in that attitude a lot, but not always. Not unceasingly, okay? So a lot of room for improvement for me. But I think what I'm most convicted about is this. When's the last time you prayed for something for, say, a month? Month straight, without stopping. Like every day, same desperation, on your knees, face down to the Lord, tears hitting the floor. When's the last time you prayed that for 31 days? Now you know how I felt this week. It was like, okay, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> I kind of am in a bad spot right now, you know? Because I'm thinking to myself, I don't really pray. I pray, but I don't really pray, pray. You know what I mean? I don't really, like we need a building. I got all these people coming. They want to gather in a house for the Lord. Wouldn't it be great if we could have service together all the time? That'd be cool. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I don't know if we have the money to actually to buy a building that big. But why not ask God? God, would you be more glorified if we had this place or this place? And when are you going to initiate the opportunity and start to pray for God to do these things? So I've been convicted, and I, I know that you're probably feeling a little of that right now, too. Uh, no condemnation, by the way. Uh, your pastor's leading in uh, <laughs> inability to pray this week. It's hard. 
And here's why it's hard. We're so self-sufficient. We're Americans. I'm from America, you know? Like, we pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. We do what we need to do to get the job done. That's not really what we're looking for in prayer. Prayer is a dependent thing. So let me just read this. It's hard enough to admit, this is a, a devotional, it's called Our Journey by James McDonald. I get it from time to time. This just fits so well. It's hard enough to admit that we need God. What's even harder is to live like we need him. Success in life can cripple us spiritually when we begin to view ourselves as self-sufficient. When we rely on our money, our talent, I'm pretty good at praying, our family, or hard work to fix everyday problems, we don't feel like we need God. True? Anybody relying on money? Anybody relying on hard work? Anybody relying on anything other than God? Can I get an amen? Can I get a, like, please don't leave me up here today? Like, I'm serious. Like, I depend on so many things besides God. I depend on a call to this bank or a call to this person who has this building or uh, the prayer of elders to, to we're going to do it. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make God conform to our will. That's not happening. Prayer conforms you to his will. This is what I'm discovering this week. Prayer makes you want what glorifies God, whatever it might be. You walk in with your agenda and you walk out with his agenda. That's what prayer is. Do you understand? All right, let's get into the word of God and let's see this. Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians chapter three. Um, why unceasing prayer? Why should I pray and never stop? Why? Why, Steve? Everybody ask me why. Because when I pray, these four things happen. When I pray, this happens and it's Awesome, because God is awesome and his glory is present, okay? When I pray, number one, God changes my perspective. I want you to see that from chapter three of Ephesians. I'm gonna start reading in verse seven. There's so much I could read, but just look at verse seven. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power, that's through the Holy Spirit, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints. You ever feel like that? I'm so glad Paul says that because Paul is like this giant in the faith. And when he says, I am the very least of the saints, I'm feeling kind of like that today, right? I'm like, I don't got it together. I can't do this. This grace was given. God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to those who need it to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. I just, riches, I just circled that, unsearchable riches. If you just go through, read through uh, Ephesians and circle riches everywhere, you're going to be a very wealthy person. All right? We are rich in Jesus Christ. It's unsearchable, the riches we have in Jesus Christ. All right, keep reading. The unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. You're like, man, I really want to know what that is. What's the plan, the mystery that was hidden through ages? What is it? Well, you're there. <laughs> you're in it. So that through the church. You want to know so, why I'm so amped up about the church? Why I think you should be here every week? Why I think you should act like... Uh, Member of the church. Why well, I think you should be a member of the church? Because that's been the plan, the mystery throughout all of ages. The church, the manifold wisdom of God, 
might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly place. Do you know that God is showing the spirit world, right? Good angels, bad angels, right now, as we're meeting in church, he's showing them what he's doing. His love, his grace, how it works in his economy. I mean, this is big, guys. This is big. This is not just a check the box thing we're doing. This is big deal. This is a big deal going to church. This is spiritual work. You ever fight on the way to church? Yeah, because Satan doesn't want you here. You ever want to just give, give up and turn around and go home? You know, you're fighting and it's like yelling at each other and then all of a sudden you like close the door of the car and everybody's like, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great. That is not this church. How you doing? My dog died this week. I lost my job. I found out I have cancer. I have a serious sin issue and it cropped itself up this week and I just, I feel helpless against it. That's this church. That is this church where you can come and be real and people will be by you who just happen to be having a great week this week and they will pray Holy Spirit power down on you in the moment and you need it. That's this church. Heavenly things are happening. This is according to the eternal purpose. You want to know what the eternal purpose is? To glorify God. That he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. It's like, we're on a roll now. Right? Boldness, access, confidence? Let me pray. Well, I'm going to give you a chance. Just wait. Through our faith in him, So verse 13, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. So first Paul does this. He says, hey, church, church in Ephesus, church, hey, listen, I ask you, I ask you, Kendall, I ask you, Zach, all right, I ask you, I ask you not to lose heart. I know it's hard in this world, but I ask you not to lose heart for what I am suffering for you or even for your own suffering, which is your glory. Suffering brings glory to God because it puts us in the spot where we must be dependent, which is a glory-filled spot. For this reason, because of all I've read now, in Christ, I bow my knees. That seems like prayer. Before the Father, that's who we pray to, from whom every family in heaven, it's spiritual, It's bigger than us. It's in the cosmos. It's not just us. And on earth, oh, there we are, is named. Who named you? Who created you? Who put you on the earth? Who brought you to church today? It's God, your father, who loves you. You're named by him. That according to the riches, there it is again, I circle that, of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Circle that, faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Do you know love? Do you know it? Do you know love? The right kind of love? Not this worldly love. Not this love, I'll get mine and I'll use you to get it. But this love from God, I love you unconditionally. No matter what you do, it'll never change my love for you may have strength to comprehend because it takes the Holy Spirit 
strength to comprehend that kind of love with all the saints. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, literally the vastness, the completeness. It'll blow your mind. If you think about it, the love God has for you and to know the love of Christ. I mean, to know it intimately in prayer that surpasses all human knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And then he just goes straight vertical. Look at it now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. This guy's praying. He's praying it down. All right. And when I pray, God changes my perspective. That's the first thing you see how this is a prison epistle and Paul's in prison shackled, right? Not allowed to do what he wants to do. And he's writing this letter to the Ephesians to encourage them. Who's encouraging Paul? Jesus Christ, the riches, the riches, the ri- I'm so wealthy. You're like, what are you talking about? You're in jail. You're penniless. I have everything I ever wanted right now, right here. This is amazing. That's a change in perspective. That's not circumstances. That's really knowing who you are. He says, so I ask you, church, not to lose heart for what I am suffering. And then he gets down on his knees and he says, Father, I'm yours. I'm named by you according to your riches and your glory. Just think about it. That perspective is what I want to carry in and if not in, out for sure of prayer. When I pray, God changes my perspective. Okay, secondly, this. When I pray, God strengthens me with his power. Do you see it there? Verse 16, that God may grant you the strength, right? To be strengthened with the power of the Holy Spirit in your inner being. Isn't it true that when we turn to God in dependent prayer, he builds our faith? Have you ever gone to God and asked him what he thinks and been like, I don't know if I trust that. Have you ever spent significant time in God, in the spirit, in prayer, and just been like, yeah, I don't trust him. The more you think about God, the more you act on God, the more you read about God in his word, the more you talk to God and reflect on who he is and what he can really do, you know, he can do anything. And it strengthens your resolve. And not only that, the Holy Spirit, it says, is groaning inside of you. Groanings you can't even utter. Talking to Jesus Christ, who's on the right hand of the Father, who's crawling out for you and interceding for you as God the Father's on the throne. I mean, it is a powerful thing that's happening as you pray. It's powerful. So why don't we pray if it's so powerful? Give me some reasons. I forgot to study this part of the message. Give me some reasons. Why don't we pray? Lazy, Lazy, busy, distracted, tired, arrogant. Yeah, I can do it. 
I don't want to hear the answer. I kind of have a sense of what God's going to tell me because I read enough of the word. This is for your spiritual mature. I read enough of the word to know that he's not going to tell me what I want to hear, so I'm not even going to ask him. I'm just going to do what I think. Man, I've been there too many times. Please forgive me, Lord. Anything else? Selfishness, Selfishness doubt, anger. anger. Comfortable. Yeah, I'm comfortable. Self-sufficiency, self-dependency. Impatience. Yeah, I'm just going to go get it. I'm not going to ask and wait. Wait for God? Who waits for God? Those that want to see power and glory. Those that want to see, see power and glory, they wait on the Lord. We expect him to meet our needs <laughs> when he determines that it's best. It's the best time now. Here you go. When he deems what's best, right? <laughs> What's best for us, it's his plan, and we need to wait on him for his glory. I'm rich. I have everything I need in Christ, hey? I hope you're getting around to that perspective. Here's the next thing. When I pray, God fills me with his love. God changes my perspective. God strengthens me with his power, and ultimately, he fills me with his complete love. God fills me with love. Do you see it here? Do you see it? Verse uh, 17 so that the Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may, may have the strength to com comprehend what is, uh, with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. I mean, to really know. That word know there is kind of an interesting word. It's like, it's, it's intercourse. It's like Adam knew Eve. It's, it's intimate. It's... Sexual to us, but not, not here. Like, you don't know God sexually, but you know him intimately. You know him intimately. To know the love of God intimately. Do you know the love of God intimately? I mean, I, I've been loved by people, and I've loved people. But nothing comes close to the love I've felt from God himself. Who would take a sinner I mean, wretched, and make him saved, a saint, <laughs> sufficient to do anything God calls? Who would do that? Only somebody that loved you beyond what you can comprehend. Just look across the page at uh, chapter two. I just want to read this for you so that you can understand the great love of God and so you can see my life story and hopefully your life story, if you're willing to admit it. And you were dead, verse 1, in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Didn't even know you were following Satan, but you were. And the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That's my story. Among whom we all, I circled that because it's, it's everybody here. We all once lived in the passions of our own flesh carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Is that your story? Have you ever been there? That's my story in the Bible. But God, being rich, there it is again, rich, in mercy, 
because of the great love with which he loved us. He lavished it on us. It's his seed. It's, it's unconditional love. It's a loyal love. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, I was a sinner and I was dead. God went, and he blew life into me just like he blew life into Adam. And he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. It's not by your works. I don't care which church told you to do which thing. It's not because you did anything God saved you. It's because you understood the love and the grace that he has for you. And if that's new for you, I pray that you'll come to Christ today. It's not infant baptism. It's not other baptism. It's not confirmation. It's not, I did good works and I'm a good person. It is literally a aha moment of, I am so loved that even though I'm so evil, God says, I'm good. As I confess and repent and turn towards him, he gives grace and washes it all away. Everything gone. As far as the East is from the West. Astounding. For by grace, you saved and raised up with him, Christ and seated with him, Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches. There it is again of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You know what he wants to do forever? He wants to be able to point to you and say, look at that. Look at my love. Look at the glory come, right? Look at the love I had for them and where I brought them from and look at what I did with my son and look at how my son saved them. Look, angels. Look, all creation. Look. Forever. That he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? That's it right there. That's salvation. And this is not of your own doing. Just to be clear. If you think it's on your own, you're on the wrong train. Careful where it's leading you. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. So clear. God loves you. Wish I could look every one of you in the eye, get across the table from you and go, Kevin, God loves you. He loves you. He just absolutely loves you. He's never loved you more. He's never going to love you less. He loves you. Just think about that. If that doesn't make something emotionally happen in you, you don't comprehend how much he loves you. It is silly. The love God has for you after the week you've just been through and the choices you've just made. But I came to church to say, when you pray, God fills you up with his love. You understand his love. Just let me say it this way. Love goes, God's love goes in every direction and to the greatest distance. It goes wherever it needs to for as long as it needs to. That's the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of Christ's love. That's the vastness. Love can reach any person here in this room, in any sin or any circumstance. And that same love can take you to the very presence of God and put you face to face with the glory of God, which will change your view of God immediately.
This fourth thing that God does. When I pray, God brings down glory in his church. God brings down glory in his church. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. I want to take five minutes in our service, just five. It'll seem like forever to you. But I want you to pray. Some of you will pray quietly, but I want you to pray out loud. Some of you struggle to pray out loud because you have ADHD like me and you'll be hearing other things. I want you to focus on what you need, right? So why don't you just take a second right now as I close up the message and start writing down one, two, three things that you really need God to move on. I've written some things down that I'm going to be praying for, right? This too is a must. When we pray, if we want to be undistracted, if we want to be fully focused, the best way to pray is to pray God's word. So I'm going to put 10 scriptures on the screen for you to pray. These are 10 scriptures. I would just call them top 10. Just pray that. Just read that and pray it. Just read that as a prayer to God. If it says Jerusalem, if it says Isaiah, if it says uh, uh, Israel, if it says anything else, just personalize it to you. Okay? Make that prayer personal and just pray that. God is able. I want to read this last section as we go into prayer. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's all for his glory.